All right, so hello everybody. This is IMA speaking. Before we get started with Uncommon Sense today, I just want to put out a fair disclaimer. We are going to be dealing with pretty sensitive topics about death and suicide and religious cults. So if that kind of thing is not your thing or you feel that you may be triggered by that kind of commentary, I recommend that you sit out this particular episode uh, just to put a fair warning out there. So that is all for now. And we're going to get officially started. Hi, I'm IMA. And this is Uncommon Sense. This is a podcast where we discuss our American heritage in ways that aren't necessarily respectful, but are always fun and hilarious. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? I'm Jerry. Um, I'm JT. This episode's a little bit different. Uh, We're actually recording remotely because of the recent spikes in COVID. So we're taking a bit of a different approach. Hopefully the audio and everything will be fine and you guys can hear us okay. Um... I just want to say, throw out there in the ether, this is not a brag or anything, but the last time I checked our account on Red Circle, we had over 50 downloads. I don't know who y'all are, but whoever is listening, thank you so much. I can't tell you how much we appreciate you. It is so gratifying to know that even one person is listening and it's not just me replaying the episodes on Spotify. Not that I do that, but it's more gratifying when it's other people. (laughs) So Fuck yeah! So yes. Thank you, downloaders. We appreciate you immensely. That's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Uh, Let's do our truth lie thing. I hadn't thought of it before right this moment, so I'm not ready to go. Does anybody have a truth or a lie they've prepared? Uh, My name is Jerry. I introduced myself already, but I have a truth lie thing that I'm now going to share. Uh, I recently made a drunken purchase of 10 pounds of gummy bears. Okay. JT, you want to go or should wow, I go? what the fuck? <laughs> oh, you can go. All right. My name is Ime, and there is one long white hair that grows near my knee that I proactively pluck every month. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, well, that has inspired mine. Um uh, my name is is JT, sometimes called James, um, and I have great pubic hairs. Excellent. So with all that fun stuff being said, you'll have to listen to the entire episode to find out if we were lying or telling the truth about ourselves. And we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, this episode is going to cover some more modern history. Jerry, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, you could also just skip to the end if you want no. to be that guy. No, but like, you know, <laughs> that is like, it is heavily that encouraged that you listen to all of our witty banter. Yeah, absolutely. Because we are hilarious, and clearly you have nothing better to do with your time at all. Yeah, bitch. Sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> so this episode is going to be covering some more modern history than we may be used to. Uh, The topic of this week is going to be discussing religious cults that have its origins in America. And in the two particular cases that we're going to focus on, they're examples of mass suicides, which, in my opinion, that particular topic is just fixates my attention. Like, I don't know what it is about the phenomenon of mass suicides that have recurred throughout history that I think is fascinating. Obviously, it's a very heavy topic, which, as you know from the disclaimer, you are aware. But there's something about the idea of uh, people being so, uh, so committed to uh, certain systematic dogma 
that they are so moved to take their own lives in conjunction with that. And uh, there's just something viscerally fascinating about that to me. Uh, obviously, you know, these are tragedies and we discussed in advance that we're going to avoid making light of anything so tragic as suicide, but it's still, you know, a conversation that I think is important to have and instances in history that are important to examine. Um, you know, so with that being said, I don't know how much you guys know about cults or how you guys personally define cults. But um, let's let's to, for clarity's sake, the dic dictionary definition of a cult is a system of religious veneration and devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts, pre-thoughts about cults or have experienced anything or know anybody that you want to talk about before we move forward. Anything at all? I mean... The only real example that I have of cults is possibly the nerdiest example I can think of, which would be in D&D terms of dealing with cults. Generally speaking, I feel as though they might be over-exaggerated in that element. But are, Well, are there cults for D&D players, or are there cults in the D&D canon? cults in the canon oh, like okay. there are people who like yeah i mean there might be cults of D, &D players that's what if, I if, that... if 1960s media will have you believe anything right. there are i was gonna say back in the day back in the latter half of the 20th century like newspapers were publishing smear campaigns against D&D, saying it like had to do with satanic rituals and all that kind of fun stuff which like didn't everything at the time I, you know to be honest with you wasn't everything the devil are we the devil? Technically speaking. Um, yeah, well, absolutely. You guys can ponder that. Um, the word cult is actually coming up commonly in the modern English lexicon I'm finding in political circles where people, and since this is actually a nice segue, talking about D&D &D being misconstrued as a cult, uh, modern day political factions, specifically in conjunction with like MAGA Republicans and people who follow Donald Trump, we're talking about the big buff Cheeto Puff yet again. It's hard to avoid weaving him into the conversation. But I've often heard MAGA Republicans specifically, not just the entire GOP, but specifically Trump supporters being called a cult or a new wave of cult. And a lot of them have to do with QAnon, which is also often referred to as a cult. And I think some followers of QAnon even self-recognize it and are self-cognizant of it being a cult in which people take oaths and they swear to certain dogmatic principles. And there's even at least one such person that I've heard of currently sitting in the United States Congress. So it's very real and very present and often talked about right now. And... Um, this is where people have different criteria for what they consider a cult and people have varying personal definitions of it. So some people think that MAGA Republicans are in a cult or it can be called a cult. People who are MAGA Republicans might not call themselves that. You know, I believe that for some people, they're required. It's like required for there to be things like oaths and like hazing and stuff like that. And other people, if those particular assets are missing, it's not necessarily a cult. You know what I mean? Like, People just have different takes on it. Um, people think it seems that there needs to be certain elements present and other people think if you just, quote, blindly follow a certain set of ideals or principles, then you're in a cult. I'm sure that there's people 
that look at us from the other side and say that, for example, liberal Democrats are in some form of a cult. So I guess basically we're just covering, you know, mass gatherings of people that subscribe very strongly to a set of beliefs. In this case, have you guys, we're going to move on to one of the specific historical examples. Have either of you guys ever heard of Heaven's Gate? Yes. What about you, Jerry? Heard of it. I know very little about real life actual actual cults. I know <laughs> okay. Okay. like not much about it. Jerry's knowledge is rooted in D and D. That's where he's coming from. Let's establish that very clearly. <laughs> Most of my knowledge is rooted in some kind of not real thing. Mm. Isn't that the truth? What about you, JT? Do you know much about Heaven's Gate? Um, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no. So, Heaven's Gate. Let me just say how I found out about it because I because I had not heard of it until relatively recently uh, I am a very big fan of Red Dead Redemption 2 it's like one of my favorite video games and there's if you guys don't know about Red Dead Redemption 2 it's just a, one of Rockstar's like flagship video games that takes place in the late 19th century surrounding a band of cowboys and there's it's an open world game so there are cabins just landmarks everywhere all over the huge map that you can find and learn you know in-game stories and one of the little easter eggs that they put in the game is you walk into a cabin and there's a bunch of dead bodies on bunk beds with shrouds pulled over and they're all you know long been dead so they're just like skeletons that you walk in on this kind of chapel environment and i found out after i stumbled upon this particular area of the game that that was put in there as an homage to heaven's gate What's interesting, or not maybe not an homage, maybe not a respectful reference, but more of just like referencing that. What is interesting is if, and there's, there's a lot of things like this in this particular game, if you are in that specific location at like 3 or 4 a.m. game time, a spaceship flies over the cabin and like engulfs the player in this green light. And that also directly, of course, has to do with Heaven's Gate and what it was all about. So Heaven's Gate was a cult founded in the 1970s by an individual named Marshall Applegate, I think. Let me back check myself real quick on that. Yeah, Marshall Apple, Apple White, excuse me, Marshall Apple White and Bonnie Nettles were the two founders of Heaven's Gate in 1974. Technically, this cult, I believe, still exists. I think it's if it does, it's very decentralized and not particularly active. But Wikipedia has it listed as defunct in the 1990s. So the whole idea, like the whole principle of like Heaven's Gate and why it was founded was that its two founders believed strongly that our like human form is just an intermediary stage of existence where we're meant to live out our lives in these vessels. And then some kind of highly consequential prophetic or prophesied event will occur that will cause subscribers to this dogma to ascend to a higher level of existence. And so this, this like, you know, flesh vessel is just a temporary sort of in passing like I said, intermediary phase, and that the whole idea of existing is to ascend to a higher level. And Heaven's Gate in the 1970s 
was kind of like pushing this idea where they were very self-contained and would travel all over the United States kind of living outside of the system, but like sort of as homeless and they would dress in a, in a very distinguished way, kind of living on very small means and they would travel kind of um, panhandling or, or begging or whatever kind of word you want to use as a group of homeless, technically homeless individuals trying to acquire means and so it was very tight knit and very, um, I wouldn't, it didn't have a lot of coverage at the time. You know what I mean? To any passerby, this would seem to be just a group of people that ha that were leading nomadic, uh, you know, meta societal lives. And ultimately the two leaders, first of all, they were, you can imagine, they, they were interesting people. They changed their names repetitively <laughs> and were constantly going by pseudonyms. Towards the end, I think that the last two pseudonyms they settled on were Doe for Applewhite. Did I say his name right? Did I say Applewhite yeah. earlier? We're going to go with, yeah, Applewhite. And then um, Nettles called herself T. So they called themselves Doe and T. And uh, you know, a few years into the existence of this cult, it was reported that uh, a comet was in the, you know, exosphere or whatever near Earth and was being observed by astronomers, and it was called the Hale-Bopp Comet. And Doe and T firmly believed and were telling their followers that a vessel was hidden in the tail of the Hale-Bopp, and that they needed to end their lives on earth to ascend to the vessel that was full of i guess transcendental alien life and could then ascend to heaven so they pushed this idea that they had to board this spaceship that was hidden in the tail of Halebop, and that in order to board the spaceship they had to kill themselves so that they could ascend to the next level which was the whole idea of the cult to begin with so I want to check and see what year it was that ultimately they the the mass suicide took place. Uh, looks like it was in the nineteen the late nineteen nineties. Uh, they in a in a mansion, I believe in California, uh, in San Diego specifically, they all mixed together a poisonous mixture of like whiskey and barbiturates, and drank it, consumed it, and 39 individuals laid down uh, in various places in this mansion, which was their headquarters in San Diego, and ultimately died from the poison. And the image that the images that you will find on Google show them with uniformly with black clothing, purple shrouds pulled over their head, and they're all wearing Nike sneakers. They were all uniforms when this happened, and it became kind of this this iconic image of the Heaven's Gate subscribers and i think theoretically they didn't all die necessarily at the same time or within a short period of time within each other i think it kind of happened over it's believed that it happened over the period of a few days so theoretically some members could have been walking around the mansion while the corpses of their fellow heaven's gate members were laying there after having consumed the poison um and, uh, you know, after a few days of just noticeable silence, somebody had walked in on the mansion and noticed, had seen 
the bodies and gave an anonymous tip to emergency responders who then came and realized what had happened. So ultimately, 39 people were involved in this particular mass suicide. And, you know, you can imagine it was a very big news event. So uh, that, that was, and Doe and T also, I think this is just an interesting little element of it all, believed that they were two, uh, I guess you could say, prophesied individuals that are described in the Revelations book of the Bible. And the leader, Doe, Marshall Applewhite, honestly said at some point that he believed himself insane. He said, quote, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think myself crazy, which I think is very... That's just an interesting little minute fact about the whole thing. There was some level of self-awareness that this individual had about this undertaking that we as outsiders probably immediately consider bonkers insane. I don't think any of us can imagine what it would be like to believe in something so strongly as to take that dramatic step of joining a, a mass suicide event. And he, on some level, even considered himself insane but then also believed that he was this biblical, one of the two like mythical biblical prophets that were described in the book of Revelations. I mean, he was convinced of that and simultaneously thought he was crazy. I don't know if he thought he was crazy just in conjunction with society's definition of crazy, or if he had actual compunctions about what he was doing and what he was convincing his followers to do. But it, it, it's just one of those things that I, you can't possibly relate to unless you're in the midst of it. There's even current Heaven's Gate survivors that testified about being involved who have said, that they still believe the things that were taught and are happy for their, you know, their fellow cultists. And I, I just wonder what it's like being in that mentality, kind of living in a society that overwhelmingly sees it as, as uh, something that is unfathomable. You know what I mean? And yet it was 39 people, which is a pretty high number in my opinion, which is nothing to speak of Jonestown, which we will also talk about. Uh, but what do you guys have any thoughts? Um, Jerry, did you want to go ahead? You first. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so I, on the note of, of, uh, Doe, Marshall Applewhite thinking truly that he's crazy. Um, how ignorant of him to, to feasibly acknowledge something like that and then still act out on it. That's, I would say that's evil. Um, to speak on the number of people in the cult 30 I, you know i don't i don't have cult metrics to be able to relate this to i should say that to convince 39 people all in the same place without the internet that like hey this shit and like what what is a a concept like that uh, come from to think that oh man like it's you know there's this comet and like behind it is a fucking spaceship dude like it's gonna come pick you up but only if you for sure kill yourself like that's uh, obviously I don't need to tell anyone listening that that's really absurd that that's really crazy no one no one needs to be let know but um wow like take a minute and acknowledge that that's absurd um and also that they they killed themselves nonviolently, like it wasn't like hangings or like it was specifically the the barbiturates. You said, uh, yeah, it was a mixture of I think whiskey, vodka, and I'm reading phenobarbital. I might be mispronouncing that, but yes. 
that's just very strange. Very, very strange. strange to me. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm just sitting here like wondering what even led them to believe that. Like, I was like, that's the shit. Like, that's what's going on. That's like the grand mystery about cults to me. And I've even, I'll just be transparent, have wondered this about people in modernity regarding what I mentioned earlier about QAnon. Uh, we discussed it now in an episode that will never be published because of aforementioned technical difficulties that I have a very close connection with an individual that believes things like 9-11 was a fake hologram, that the government projects the sky, that the sun doesn't exist, that we've all been led along in a grand theater of control and, you know, absolute authoritarianism by the deep state, which has existed consistently since Sumerian times and nothing is real. And, and COVID is a fake and a scam and, and everything, like all just all these things that uh, us three people can probably agree is absurd and crazy. And but he believes it so dogmatically and so unwaveringly and trusts in it so much. And I think a lot of it has to do with my personal arbitrary observation, really filling your head over a long period of time with specific information that is funneled through specific channels and knowing and associating with only specific people. And if you are um, consistently surrounded by the same repetitive information, it really starts to solidify as reality to people. And I think we see that just in a uh, smaller form, you know, not completely analogous, but similar examples of there being religious differences, cultural differences, uh, and different belief systems. And Heaven's Gate specifically existed over a period of, of a little less than 20 years of people consistently following. And I'm sure they all have their, as individuals, their stories about why they saw validity in this dogma and why they felt the need to subscribe to this religion. And we could even get into a conversation about why religion exists to begin with and why it is or is not con consoling to people or why it draws people in. But I guess my personal take of how could people have possibly thought this was a good idea or that this was non-fictional, in my mind, it must have to do with a variety of, of certain cognitions coming together, just being fed information repetitively and consistently until you are I'm going to go ahead and be like, say, delusional enough to believe it. Um, I don't think anybody just kind of pops into a religion with no inhibitions whatsoever and says, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And if you say that it's time to end my life in this flesh vessel and ascend to the next level at the drop of a hat, I believe in you enough to do it, you know? Sure, sure. It takes a level of commitment, <laughs> or at least I hope it. I hope it does in, in a way. You know, there might be some people that are quick to believe that. So I don't know. I guess it depends on your credulity. It's so complicated. Um. So I, I feel like it's really easy to fall into, um, I'll call them religious habits, when you're very young and impressionable, and you know, there's a lot of plasticity. Um. And I think that the average adult, you know, maybe their mind is a little more plasticized at the time, right? Considering the lack of just information that we had going around in the internet and, and, and things like that. And I'm not saying that people were stupid because we didn't have Google, but, you know, for yeah. someone to come up to you and, hey, um, real shit, I'm like onto something right now. You know, I, I just feel like, 
that kind of exposure was, I don't know, for whatever reason, harder to dismiss. Because, like, on what credibility could you say that it wasn't the case, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, so I, I feel like you'd have to be a really pragmatic, convincing, uh, incredible dude. You you would have to be a cult of personality, yeah. so to speak. you'd have to have some charisma, um, one imagines. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and a lot of it. Like, a lot of it. And I just feel like there's, like, so many things need to go just right in order to get someone to join your death cult, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Jerry? you have any thoughts? I'm going to try and turn off these annoying Discord noises. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I... I'm just sort of baffled by the concept of it, personally. Uh, I mean, I've never... I, I, I kind of get religion as a whole, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. religious things in general, I've never personally subscribed to. I've always just sort of been like... I, I've, I've been a very logic-based person. I feel like I don't have faith in things that I can't, like, see or touch or have basis on. Yeah. Uh... So I just sort of can't comprehend the headspace that these people were in. Yeah. When this um, went down, like, sure. I can't, I, I, I can't even like subscribe to religions that don't involve like, death, like death. Yeah, suicide. <laughs> so like, you mix that in, it's just like, excuse me. Um, I do want to say you kind of reminded me of something that you said that I. I feel like I can comfortably speak on behalf of everyone present when I say that we do not have any intentions of antagonizing religion as a whole or people who are religious in any way. That is not the case. We're just kind of speaking to our personal observations about these specific historical instances that we're focusing on. Yes. Yes. Uh, Anybody who uh, is religious is, of course, more than welcome to do so. If it brings you joy, then do it. Absolutely. I'm just speaking on my own personal opinion on the topic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. There we are. There Beautiful we are. thing. Well, I feel like now we can talk about probably what is the most famous, uh, least modern historical cult that there that exists that was just the biggest news at the time and which the crux, the climax of it in terms of the, the mass suicide event, this is another example, happened. Uh, before the Heaven's Gate had occurred in the 1970s. Uh, I am referring, of course, to the Jonestown Massacre, or the Jonestown Mass Suicide, which uh, has been, you know, in ways a historical phenomenon, in other ways almost a pop culture phenomenon. It is often referenced just in everyday English lexicon as an idiomatic phrase when people say, so-and-so has drank the Kool-Aid. This is getting at the origins of that phrase. So... I asked about Heaven's Gate. Now, what do you guys, have you heard of Jonestown and and how much do you know about it? I've definitely heard the phrase, don't drink the Kool-Aid. I don't know much about it beyond that. Okay. Got it. Um, I I don't remember the guy's name, but um, I I know there was the White Knight, or the White Knights, right? Um were were like these 
simulatory like hey the government's coming to get us everyone die now so they don't know our secrets you know and they had a kool-aid um that was laced with uh uh, uh evil and it would stop your heart when you drink it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um i know that much that's it yeah so that's all I know. so let's go ahead and get into it uh, Jonestown, yes. I'm actually pulling up my niche now. I'm trying to see when it was founded. Uh, the, the the mass suicide itself happened in like 1978, I believe. Um, yeah, on November 18th, 1978, a total of 918 people. 918 people participated in this mass suicide. The events leading up to that are very often discussed and talked about in documentaries and analyses, essays. It's a very widely talked about thing because it, you talk. It's it was outrageous that that almost forty people died in the Heaven's Gate mass suicide. It's so, just unbelievable. It's difficult to articulate verbally how like absurd, <laughs> for lack of a better word, it is to consider just under a thousand people participating in an analogous event. Jonestown was initially founded by an American uh, in San Francisco, another in, in Southern California, the Heaven's, Heaven's Gate was San Diego. Uh, People's Temple was the name, the actual name of the religious society or the cult that would later become settled in Jonestown. And it was founded in San Francisco, and it was under the leadership of an individual named Jim Jones. Uh, it was predominantly uh, African American individuals. Jim Jones himself was white, and it was very just all about. I think the the specific dogma, when it's commentated on, is pretty nebulous. But it was just a very tight knit group of people that subscribed to a certain set of religious principles, and that they were very self contained and self isolated, and kind of wanted to live on their own means and be away from the rest of society. Which I guess is kind of one of the more cultish elements of it. Um, I'm reading that Jim Jones received considerable criticism, Wikipedia says, in Indiana for his integrationist views. I guess this is referring to the the element of Jonestown. And this is, again, the 1960s and 70s when the society, American society, enjoyed a lot less, um, you know, racist or, or enjoyed less racial progressivism back then. And... Uh, People's Temple was an amalgamation of various different races where I guess like kind of everybody was welcome. And Hmm. ultimately it moved out of San Diego and settled in Guyana in a little settlement that was ultimately called Jonestown, of course, named after Jim Jones. So, you know, there was some media coverage about what is this Jonestown and what is this cult and people who were family members of the people that were participating in People's Temple had a lot of questions about like what's going on here because it's, it's, I guess, a little bit alarming to some individuals that people have kind of uprooted themselves from their homes and everything they knew to settle specifically in a very isolated kind of village that was all about this religion that was increasingly exclusive to the outside. And people, when it was getting media attention, were kind of politicizing the issue. Ultimately, in the late 1970s, in November 1978, um, a couple of uh, American, one was a couple of Americans, Don Harris, one was NBC News correspondent, he was a journalist, and uh, Congressman Leo Ryan wanted to get some coverage and kind of check things out at Jonestown. 
and they were a little bit concerned about, you know, what may or may not have been going on there because it was so secretive and so isolated and they wanted to kind of like, you know, make sure everything's on the up and up. Initially, you know, they traveled to Guyana to kind of check things out as a little bit of a humanitarian, let's just make sure everybody's okay. And they were initially denied entrance, but eventually one way or another, they managed to get in. And they said at first, everything was fine. You know, they were welcome. People were nice. Um, I think Jim Jones was pretty aloof and not really talking to people. I think he definitely already had some suspicions, needless to say. And to be clear, Jim Jones himself, it is known in, in posthumously that he was heavily addicted to drugs. And a lot of people, you know, definitely added to the discourse about how it modified his beliefs and his behaviors. So just keep that in mind moving forward, if it helps at all to understand what was going on here. I think that's, a, that's an element about him that we should not ignore, among other things. So Don Harris and Leo Ryan traveled to Guyana to check things out. There, one of them, I believe Don Harris, was slipped a note from one of the members of Jonestown that said something to the effect of, please help us, we want out. And so, of course, he wasn't going to just ignore this plea. And so he and Leo Ryan kind of hatched this plan to get whoever does not want to be a part of People's Temple anymore. And there were a group of individuals and kind of gathered them together, said, we're going to take you to the airstrip and fly you back to America and we're going to figure things out. And the plan was to kind of get whoever didn't want to be a part of it anymore. They wanted to help them escape. So now, you know, there's alarm bells going off where they're realizing that not everybody who's a part of this wants to be a part of this. And there's a little bit of like a false imprisonment thing going on now. So there's some massive concerns. So Harris and Ryan get their little group together kind of at the last minute towards the end of the trip. And they're kind of escorting everybody to the airstrip so they can fly back. But there's one individual in this group who did that other people were saying to Leo Ryan and Don Harris, that man is too close to Jim Jones to want to escape. There was like one person in the group that the others were suspicious about. But, you know, Leo Ryan and Don Harris were not ethically prepared to say to one individual that you're sus, so we're not going to include you in this escape effort. So ultimately what happened was they were going to the airstrip and then before they managed to board the plane, that individual that others were suspicious of opened fire with a gun and killed everybody on the airstrip. Then he went back and reported to Jim Jones about the attempted escape. And this kind of, I think there were already suspicions and problems Jim Jones was having about the commitment of his followers. So you can imagine that when he heard this, he, it was like end of the world to him. His people were not committed to him anymore because a group of them tried to escape. So now he weaved together this narrative i can't personally speak of course to if he believed the things he was saying or if he made this shit up to convince other people or if he was truly delusional i don't know but he said that the americans were colluding with russia and we're going to send an airstrike to jonestown and bomb the place and blow them up and they can't go out like that they have to go out honorably and committed to their principles that they founded the group on and they weren't going to allow this to happen so he got up on his soapbox so to speak and gave a 45 minute sermon that was kind of his departure speech about what was going on and how they were conspired against and how everything was going to end and the only solution to this problem was to kill themselves and basically it sounds like it was a whole uh we have to do it to ourselves before they get to do it to us type of situation. Like we have to go out honorably of our own volition. And um, 
you know, this, this particular speech that he was giving was happening in the midst of the suicide proactively taking place in real time, meaning people were dying as he was talking. So this speech was recorded and it is actually on YouTube and you can listen to it. I, you know, obviously listener discretion is advised. It's very, I've listened to it. Uh, it's very difficult to listen to. It's eerie because as it goes on, you can hear it getting increasingly quiet as people are dying and there's children involved. This is to me the most tragic element of the whole thing, which is tragic. Uh, there are children involved who were screaming and crying in the background. You can hear people, children and adults alike who are frightened and not wanting to die and are vocally expressing their fear and their agony. Um, and what they did was legendarily, they took, Kool-Aid, and I've heard people say it wasn't actually Kool-Aid, it wasn't the brand Kool-Aid, but it was some kind of something like that, and it was just often referred to as Kool-Aid, homogeneously. They took Kool-Aid or something like it and laced it with a poison, and I believe cyanide, I think that's what it was that they used. Um, they laced it with some kind of poison that creates, that, that swiftly brings on death, and the adults were giving it to the children, um, and you can hear people in the background saying things like, oh, they're only crying because it tastes bitter and, and it won't hurt if you're quiet and stuff like that. Just awful, awful, awful things. Uh, there were a couple individuals that interrupted Jim Jones and said, this can't be the way. And I don't think this is fair and you should let people choose. And there were other people who stepped up and said that, that we committed to this leader. And if he says we have to do it, we have to do it. It's very, the whole 45 minutes, like one of the most turbulent and tragic, like 45 minutes that my auditory senses have ever been subjected to. And it was crazy. And at the end of it all, it's just dead silent. And it's so eerie because you just know that it's almost a thousand people who are dead. And, um, you know, ultimately, and if you Google, there's pictures of this too. If you Google images, Jonestown massacre, it's just a whole village full of, of course, dead bodies. And it's difficult to look at. Uh, I believe that a little under 10 people actually managed to escape. There were some people that survived the incident and ran off to the jungle and sought help from other people that lived around the area. Um, and, they, they, you know, they lived to tell the story. There were some people who attempted to escape and were unsuccessful, which is also, of course, like extremely tragic to think about people who were so desperate to get out of this, this, this pending doom and, and ultimately could not. There were some people who happened to be absent and just like weren't there luckily for them while this was happening and they also lived to tell the tale so at the end of the day not everybody who was a part of jonestown died of the jonestown mass suicide and you know were able to live to to tell their own tale about what it was like participating in this cult and i you know if you want to learn more i encourage people to look up those testimonies and like learn and read for themselves uh, but that's that's just the bare minimum, you know, we're not really scratching the surface here, but that's just the bare minimum kind of summation of what had occurred. And this, of course, gave birth to the popular idiomatic phrase, so-and-so has drank the Kool-Aid, meaning, of course, so-and-so has subscribed to some kind of belief or dogma that to everybody else is absurd, is just blindly following something. And that's why we have that colloquialism. So, uh, you know, that's a very, very brief, very brief kind of introduction of regarding Jonestown. There's, you know, two hour feature length documentaries about it. There's very long YouTube videos you can watch on it, but that's just kind of a quick summation. Uh, before we move on, do you guys have any thoughts about that? 
that is heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm like um, seeing you guys just process. Yeah, no, that's um that's the worst. That's the that's that no I mean so like we can talk about like um we can talk about how silly people may or may not have been, you know, to um to faction themselves with this this cult, but like at the same like what's what was there to gain for anyone? But more so this Jim Jones man. Like what 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 was appealing about Jim that Jones, for him to do? Like he encapsulates so much about hum like so much about the concept of organized religion and power in humans that I hate. Like I despise the idea of somebody imbuing themselves with so much authority and power and organizing a group that people subscribe to in, con in direct conjunction with the ownership of that power and abusing it so, uh, I would say irresponsibly, but that doesn't begin to describe it. Abusing that power and the faith that people have in you to, per to, to manifest such a highly consequential event in human history. So many people lost beloved family members and I'm reading on Wikipedia right now that this was actually the greatest, uh, you know, life in a single event, greatest in a single event incident quantitatively of American lives being lost in a non-natural disaster until 9-11 happened. So it was, you know, needless to say, a very big deal and uh, definitely an example, in my opinion, in history that is uncomfortably temporarily close to us of what not should happen ever. And, you know, you wish that people would learn from these kinds of instances in history, but like I have a, you know, this is just my kind of pessimistic opinion that these things will continue to repeat themselves. I can only hope that they don't and that nothing like this will ever happen again. But, you know, in terms of the mass suicide, which is the, the like worst case scenario and the most outrageous thing that it feels like could have happened, you know, there's also just sort of the advent, or it's not really an advent because it's not new, but just sort of the phenomenon of people really passionately and, in my opinion, blindly following some dogmas that turn out to have negative consequences and, you know, worst case, antagonize other people and create negative consequences for a society. In terms of Jonestown, you know, it was a self-contained society in Guyana. And uh, in my opinion, the worst element of the whole thing was the people not consenting to ultimately this, this end, which is so such a frightening idea to me. Uh, but there's, I feel like, examples of what you could call cults now that <coughs> having negative consequences actively in society, which we can talk a little bit about because, you know, people have their opinions about things like QAnon and, and you know, new wave Republicanism and stuff like that. And it gets pretty political, but just, yeah, organized sort of religion, dogma, principles, ideals, whatever you want to call them. A lot of it is just like incomprehensible and really consequential and jonestown is just the is just uh one of the most outrageous examples of course that we have in modern history 
from what I can tell. Capital yeah. fucked. Yeah, it's, it's you talk about like the lack of consent uh, of people uh, joining themselves to what was um, occurring. How long? What did this go on for? Like, pe- were people born into the cult? I assume so. Yeah, because like the were, children, there were children. There was, I think, a, a over two hundred children ultimately died in this mass suicide. And you know, one imagines on the timeline that they would have been born within the timeline that the cult existed, or they would have been born in Jonestown. You know, I don't know if they were considered active members or what, because kids can only at a certain age subscribe proactively like you know to a, a set of beliefs i don't know how deeply they were ingratiated but they were certainly in the settlement and certainly many of them yeah. were born in that situation that's so far i mean i i i think that's what i'm most hung up on is just the like i don't understand why or how that could have happened i i'd like like what went wrong in his brain to make him him jim jones um make him justify that type of action i think jim jones like my theories are just theories either he either he really believed what he was saying and again you know his senses were inhibited and his faculties were inhibited by the consumption and the abuse of drugs and substances you know, either he was delusional enough to believe what he was saying, and he was delusional delusional enough to believe that this was the best, most pragmatic course of action to take, or his sense of grandeur and his egocentricity persuaded him that he could not simply go on if anybody defected from, you know, this child of his, his that he created in the form of this cult. Like, it was either he was so delusional that he believed everything that he was saying, or it was a, if I go down, I'm taking everybody down with me type of thing. I don't know which. And it could be a combination of both of them. Like, I don't know. I don't know if he believed what he was saying. But he just he's definitely, like, a horrible person who did something unforgivable. And, you know, of course, there's a discussion about the autonomy of the adults involved in, in their decision-making process that the individuals who were down to join him in this. And, you know, how much can you attribute to them making the open-free decision to join him in what he was doing and you know or or can you like how much responsibility do you put on the individuals that are part of these organizations versus the individuals that lead the organizations and should there be equally guess blame for lack of a better word distributed on both parties are we more mad at the leaders or should we be as mad or more mad at the subscribers that perpetuate the existence of these organizations uh, and now i'm just kind of speaking on a broad spectrum because in the case of jonestown there were of course a number of individuals who did not want to participate at the end or who wanted to escape that ultimately could not um, but just in the broad scheme of things you know when it comes to organizations and cults and things that maybe should not exist for the benefit of society or you know um should we blame the leaders and the participants in tandem equally? It probably depends on the specific historical example. You know, I don't know. And it, you you got to, I don't know how much people even believe in free will and the ability to make decisions. Like it becomes a very complicated topic with a very complicated and long potential discourse. So I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. Free will doesn't have to exist. I'll say that. Um, 
I, I, I think candidly anything is just a reaction. Um, however, as someone who fully thinks that they make decisions, I also don't want to say that I don't make decisions because I'm pretty sure I do. And I, I, I feely, feely, I fully think that anybody involved in that situation made choices. It's just a matter of why. Like, it, the ends justified the means to them. Um, and I, I just want to know what what circumstances were those people in to, to like I, okay to to answer your question like does the blame fall on them kinda i think but i also can't say for sure like i wasn't there i don't know these people i don't know how with it they were you know um tide pods like we think about how many people were hospitalized for eating tide pods yeah. you know um were those it was it like were those just the dumb ones? Were those just the people who like really didn't know better? Like, do these people know better? Mm -hmm. Is what I'm what I'm kind of getting at. I I don't think that they did because I feel like if they did, then this wouldn't have happened. However, how can't you? Yeah. How can how can you know better? Well, yeah, we can't relate. So yeah, difficult for us to understand um jerry do you have any thoughts you've been kind of quiet yeah i mean this is sort of like a, a heavier topic so i've been stewing on it a little bit thinking mm -hmm. about it i mean like i it falls under what i said earlier with the uh the heaven's gate thing i mean like it's just this is like so much worse though, because I feel like the people in Heaven's Gate had a choice to like walk out of the room if they decided they want, didn't want to do it. Like, mm -hmm. it seemed like a I hate to say this, but a peaceful setting for what was happening, and then this kind of just forcing people to stay in a room and drink this thing that everybody knows will kill them. Like, that's that's fucked up. Oh, yeah, no, it's definitely, definitely. Um, kind of just sort of rounding this out as a you know a discussion that you know covers the basis of like you know these societies and cults just in american history specifically i mean jonestown is not exactly as a as an entity a novelty uh the mass suicide thing i think is is definitely um kind of an isolated like it, you know mass suicides of course there's multiple historical examples i think maybe jonestown takes the cake in terms of quantitative you know record in at least in modern history i can't confidently say if this was the largest mass suicide that ever happened and i mean i can google that real fast while i'm talking to see but um you know cults and secret societies and these kinds of things that are almost treated as novelties in these sorts of discussions have existed for a very long time even in um you know kind of close to home let me check real quick can you guys still hear me all right i got some dead air here yes you were cutting out for a little bit. We can still hear you, though. Okay, I'm good now. Confirm, yes or no? See or no? Yes. Okay. 
Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. Um, yes. You cannot hear us. I can hear you. Sorry, <laughs> folks. This is what it's like uh, to try and do a podcast on the internet. Can you hear us now? Yes. Can you hear me? <laughs> okay. <laughs> can you hear me? Um. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we can. Yeah. Yes, we hear you. Okay. You hear us? I can hear you. <laughs> I'm just going to go on. I'm just going to talk and just cross my fingers yeah. and hope Yes, we best. hear you. You hear us? Holy shit. There's a huge delay, isn't there? Uh. Hold on a second here. Okay. Well, well, cool. I just, I just, <laughs> yeah. I just rejoined the um, call. Can you guys hear me? You can you hear us? I can hear you, Jerry. All right, we heard you that entire time. Okay, like I think the way you were responding, I think I was talking, and there was like a solid two-minute delay for some reason. I don't know. There was definitely. There's definitely a notable delay, but like you're like, can, can you hear me? I was like, we hear you. You hear us? <laughs> like immediately that. after we hear it. Holy shit! All right, let's just move forward uh, and hope I, for the best. You're yeah, uh, JT. JT has to actually leave soon to go to work. Yeah. How much time you got? Um. None. None. <laughs> okay. You have to get ready for That's work, fine. So. I think the technical difficulties came at a convenient time. We can pretty much end here and just say we did our best with this episode. Sorry that it's a little bit wonky because of you know how we're, we're having to do it right now. But thank you everybody for listening. Let's go. Give it a shot. Let's go through real quick yeah, and for, and for the for the dedicated listeners, um, ice noises. That's the best I can do. I don't have ice. Iceless. Um. Yeah, so everybody who's here for those sick ice noises, oh, uh, there you go. That's, that's what I got for you today. Next time we'll handle it. Um, uh, let's let's reveal our truth versus lies real quick and then go ahead and sign off. So I'll, I'll go. I do not have a long white hair that grows near my knee. All right. So that was a lie. I lied. I'm a liar. I didn't think you did. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, GT, I think you do have white pubes. I do. Damn. Yeah, and not the whole thing, but like I have a couple. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, and did I did I did I buy ten pounds of gummy bears, guys? Is that true? Fuck or is that you either bought ten pounds of gummy bears or you bought a ten pound gummy bear. I may look like you're thinking about it really hard. Um, I don't know. I think you're bending the truth. I'm gonna go with you're lying. Oh god, he's gonna bring up the. Oh, holy shit! Okay. <laughs> He did. He did it. <laughs> These are two five-pound bag of gummy bears, one of which has been opened and is probably missing about a pound at this point. Nice. I'm going to have gummy bears for like months. Nice. Are they fun flavors? Uh, 
There are three flavors. Orange, yeah. cherry, and yellow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just yellow. Just that yellow five. Okay. It's Black yeah. Forest gummy bears, so like they're good, but... Nice. Not sponsored. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. On that note, thank you for listening. If you want to... Black Forest, if you want to sponsor us, like, reach out. Yeah, like, of course, like, of course, of course. Thank you for okay, I love Black listening. Forest gummy bears. Please, uh, you know, tune in next week. Hopefully as time goes on, we'll get better and better at this. That's the idea. So, my name's Aime. This has been Uncommon Sense. You guys want to sign off? And I'm not Aime. That's true. I'm JT. These Bye. 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 Bye.